Welcome back to the Better Than Best Academy with your host, Coach Red, where you have found a community of champions that is committed to personal growth. Here on this show, you will hear firsthand stories of the next generation of creatives that you may not know, but you'll soon never forget. We aim weekly to have extraordinary conversations with interesting people. And with all that said, today's guest is super interesting. She's a singer-songwriter out of Monmouth County, New Jersey. She grew up in an Italian-American family. She went to Rutgers University, but I'll stop there and let her finish telling her story once we get into today's conversation. I'm with my new friend Brooke who is a singer-songwriter and I'm super excited for the conversation that we're about to have today but I just want to dive right in from the beginning. So Brooke, I would love to know what would make today's conversation extraordinary? Extraordinary? Uh, I just hope that whatever we talk about bring something really positive and influential you know that's extraordinary in my opinion that's great i love that so with that said the people watching at home may or may not know you so i would love for you to just kind of share your origin story like what got you started in music what got you on this creative journey that you're on now sure yeah happy to be here uh i'm brooke yeah um, well, so basically, I grew up in a musical family. My dad kind of started teaching me how to play the guitar when I was probably five. I was like, you know, an infant strumming on the guitar. And um, and I used to just write songs, like just sing. And I didn't even know what chords I was playing. I would just be strumming and coming up with stuff ever since I was a baby and I would sit by the piano and I didn't know how to play that either just by ear you know and um and I just never let go of it it became like a coping mechanism for me I guess and so um that's kind of how my music journey came about but um I I grew up in Monmouth County New Jersey and um I moved around a little bit when I was you know in elementary entry school, middle school, whatever, but stayed in New Jersey until I was 16. I moved to Florida and I lived in this town called Palm Coast. And that's kind of where I, I would say formed as a person <laughs> for the most part. I went through like the most important part of my adolescence and um, growing years there for my identity. And I uh, learned a lot about music when I joined a band there and got into this kind of like underground music scene. And so ever since then, I was very much like, this is what I wanna do. I need to learn more about this. And I came back to New Jersey after high school ended and I went to Rutgers. I minored in music technology, which I learned a lot in, but I majored in psychology. So uh, to study people and the brain and all that good stuff. But uh, but music's where I, what I want to do. It's it's who I am. So I just try to keep going as much as I can and get better at it. Looking to collaborate all the time and work with other people. I love that you said so. That's super interesting. So many things that I, I want to pull apart and uh, unpack oh, yes. in your story. Um, Let's do first it. Off, first off, I love that you said you grew up in a music family. So my to give a little background for you and some of those that might not know, I didn't really grow up in much of a music family, 
but fell in love with hip hop and rap music around like seventh grade, eighth grade. So yeah, so I, you're a rapper. I yeah, I, I yeah, saw that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I rapped for a while. Now I mostly just play drums for my church and I've been doing that for five, six years now. But um and yeah, now it's the opposite. So like my my son gets to experience all the music very early. He's our he's only two and he's That's like great. That's wanting great, to though. play the drums and he, he you saw earlier before we started hopping on a mic and just yeah. babbling. But I love that. <laughs> but you mentioned so you said that you grew up in a family of musicians. I would love for you to share a little bit of like how how life was growing up surrounded by so much creativity. Sure. I, I would say I mean, somebody's always singing in my house. Um, my mom was always singing around the house when I was a kid. My dad plays the guitar for fun. You know, we're all just like, it's for fun. I, a lot, like we weren't technically taught in any way. Pretty much my whole family is very like DIY. Like we just do it for, you know, the hell of it and we enjoy it. And I grew up with that. Um, kind of mindset. So I never really got very into specific training of stuff either, which I think is like probably negative, but I don't know. It's very like just passion, you know, but, um, but yeah, my, my parents mostly, and my oldest brother also learned how to play the guitar and my other brother, he sings opera, <laughs> which wow, is like opera. a whole different ball game. Yeah. That's so so I don't know. It was just always music playing in my house, someone singing, like it's the kind of thing where you would say a word, like, I don't know, I, whatever. I would say a word, I would be talking to my dad and all of a sudden he would just like find a song that had the word in it and like start singing it. Like that's the kind of that. growing up experience I had. I love that so much. I also love how you mentioned it was for fun. Cause I know I've, I've talked to some people that have grew up in a, a house of music, but they were professional musicians. So there was like almost serious. this like, yeah, there was almost like this yeah. serious, like a lot of pressure to yeah like living up to I think of it too like when you think of like famous artists and their kids being also musically and talented you you think that they feel such pressure but I love that you had had a space of fun and, and I yeah think you know what I yeah honestly when you say it like that I I guess I'm pretty fortunate in that way because um my parents never took it seriously they didn't want to make careers out of it so whenever one of us me or my brothers wanted to do something music related they were like so gung-ho and happy and um you know just the fact that we had the like chutzpah to go out there and do stuff was like something they were proud of and not like oh you're doing it wrong you know so I I've always been happy about that I guess too I love it and you also mentioned like this spirit of DIY and, I, oh, and yeah. I love that because I mean, growing up, I not being in a music family and not really having the means to be in a studio, I learned how to mix stuff on my own. I went to Full Sail University online for music. Oh, that's production. awesome! So like, I learned in in Florida. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, <laughs> and yeah, and I did online. So I mean, I'm still in Texas, but thankfully, like, I learned a ton of just foundational stuff that I still use today. But it's like I found the resources and I had to like go after them. And it sounds like you're 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 the same as you're in this space of doing it yourself. What do you think was the biggest like takeaway that you got from growing up in this do it yourself kind of space? I would say just that my family has a lot of hope for me and for my brothers. And they always put in us in our minds at a young age, like everything is possible if you want it to be. So um 
if I think that I could do something myself, like I'm going to figure it out. Also, I would say there is a side to that, which is negative. And I deal with it a lot in my like music journey that I'm going through is, is the thought that I can do it myself. So I don't ask for help. <laughs> and, um, that's just like the other side of the coin, because you have to also like learn how to ask for help eventually. If I didn't have to do everything myself, I guess I would like to have somebody else with me yeah. like different parts of the things that I'm working on um could be done by other people if oh, I sure. you know and uh and I, I just don't have those means, I guess but yeah that's definitely the dark side. it's good it's good to be confident <laughs> yeah and that that's the dark side of having that strength of a do-it-yourself solopreneur as I would say in like a a business yeah. term but uh -huh. when you're like a solo artist and you've just learned how to do everything by yourself, it can lead to burnout because that's ultimately what happened to me in my journey is I was trying to do everything at once, including like on top of being an artist. And it it's so important for us as creatives to delegate. And it's so hard to delegate oh, yeah. something that's so personal because when you're working on a creative endeavor of any kind, whether it's music or painting or any of that stuff, it's so hard to give almost creative control to a degree but yeah it's like so, trust yeah and there's so much freedom in it though because when we are able to get into a space of okay i can't do it all my all on my own and when you're able to uh, i love it there's a book called the big leap and the guy talks about working in our zone of genius and for me i i had i worked at a, a ministry editing videos for four years and i was really excellent at editing videos but that wasn't what fulfilled me and i could have lived my whole life doing something excellent and comfortable or i could have stepped out into what my zone of genius is and hopefully you can't hear my son screaming in the background <laughs> i can but, but it's adorable okay so. <laughs> awesome great great i love it and for those that just listen that's my son he's like adding a backing really helping it out but um the zone of genius meaning like for you whatever that may be i'm sure it's singing songwriting and being able to fully focus on that instead of having to focus on okay what's my brand image no literally business a thousand percent when i tell you like um i think honestly there's um a part of this diy nature that is kind of like the death of authenticity because when it comes to like what I'm trying to do here um, with my music, when you have to wear so many different hats, it's very hard to put your heart into every single one. So for the most part, you're like allotting all that to just brain power, like logic stuff. And when you're trying to do 10 different things at once, when you're trying to uh, write a song, but then play it with such strong emotion to do everything in the right tempo, the right timing, all this precision, then you have to record it, then you have to edit it. Then like, it's all of the videography, the audio work, the like a million things going into one thing, which could be, for like Instagram reels and TikTok purposes, like 10 seconds long, but it can take hours. And when you're breaking it down, hours, hours, hours. Oh, but when you break it down into all those parts, like every part takes a little piece of like authenticity, I think away from it. And so I don't know how people make things look so effortless when they put so much effort. You put so much effort, right? Seriously, yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. And with that, I think too, 
but I think there's a beauty in, and I, I've said it over and over again about the, we now live in a TikTok space. Because when I worked for um, that, that YouTube channel ministry that I worked for, it was very polished. Uh -huh. Like we were on TV. So it was like a three camera setup, teleprompter, word for word, what she was going to say. Editing, the lighting was perfect. So I stepped into my own content creating journey at a space where if it wasn't perfect, I couldn't do it. And I had to see TikTok and be yeah. like, okay, I'm in the middle of working out with a cut off shirt sweaty. I'm just gonna hop on and tell you this thought I have. And those often do so much better, but there's such yeah. a, a beauty. And what I've learned through the past few years is like our vulnerability is a superpower. And like that, that builds in the authenticity that you mentioned on. And Absolutely. It, and like being authentic and being vulnerable is, is a gift. And when we can share that in a way that's real and not put on and polished to the T, then then we truly relate as humans. Because at the the end of it all, with our art, like that's our our goal. I think, at least for me, and my art is really to connect with yes. other humans. A million percent. I would say it's probably a lot easier for people to put on an act, and um, oh, yeah. and you know, than to actually be authentic because you're authentic just living. But when you have to like record it and do all this stuff, it's much harder. So if you get to the point where you're doing that successfully, you have a lot of confidence, which like you said, I believe, right? I mean, that comes by just having the courage. Yeah. And so if you got past that step point, like you're on your way, especially in this TikTok world where people want to see you like at your worst half the time, Seriously. it's hard. It's really hard to get like over that line. <laughs> Seriously, and it kind of goes into that whole imposter syndrome that we always hear about. And the the more that we learn and the, the better we get in our art and our creativity, the more we feel like a fraud. And a lot of times you see a lot of self-helps and they're like, how you can beat imposter syndrome. But I like to flip it. And I like to think if you're on the edge of feeling like an imposter, then I feel like you're going in the right direction. Because often, yeah, the I feel that, that uh -huh. scare us. It's like I, I mentioned in that uh, TikTok you were referring to how it's not that we need confidence, it's that we need that courage. And mm -hmm. I, I love that so much. But I want to ask you so we're in this space, and you, you mentioned a little bit how it, how it can be when you're focusing in on all the things instead of the thing that is your genius, that the thing that is what makes you feel most alive. With mm -hmm. your creative career up to this point, what would you say has been your biggest struggle as a creative? My biggest struggle as a creative? My, I mean, like technically, very, like very specific answer. Is that what you're going for? In anything. It's very open to, to okay. what you feel. Well, very, my biggest struggle has been production. When it comes to my music, the most I feel alive and real, and this is what I want to do, is when I write a song and I play it on my like acoustic guitar, pretty much. That is what I love to do. I could write songs all day. I could perform them all day, but to get them to a point where they're polished, it's, um, it's something that I don't feel very confident in at all. And it's definitely my biggest struggle. I've been trying to do this music thing since, I mean, I haven't seriously put my best foot forward um, until about when I graduated college, which was only like a couple of months back now. Uh, but I, 
idealistically started this when I was 17. Like I was in high school and I started writing all these songs and I mean, not even, not even, I can't even give you a straight answer here because I started writing songs, like being a songwriter when I was 11. So I have so much music and I don't have the proper way to put it out there, or at least not in the way that I want it to be conveyed. So I would a hundred percent say that the production is my um, weak point. That's fair. I want to encourage you in a moment for for a moment so you mentioned that you've been writing and making music since you can remember but it's only been a few months that you're taking it serious i want you to kind of reframe the way you you see that okay i want to encourage you to see it as you've you've been doing this because i feel like our journey is like the whole entirety of what when we first started falling in love with what we're doing so when you're when you're sharing your story don't be afraid to say that like i've been making music since i can't remember well it's like okay i haven't made anything and put it out there that i've been so proud of since i felt like i put more time and effort because i was able to a lot more time and effort the other serious my life you know but yes technically i've i've been growing in this art form since as long as I can remember. It's all I've ever wanted to do. So <laughs> I don't, I didn't have much of a backup plan, <laughs> you know? What was the the moment? What was the light bulb moment when you were like, this is what I want to do? No plan. Um, <laughs> there's not a moment like that necessarily, but I can think of a memory that uh, something I used to do when I was in elementary school, like so young, we had this deck in our backyard that had like multi-levels. Like we had a back, a big backyard with a pool and it was great. The house I grew up in was really great. But um, I used to stand out there for hours as a kid by myself. Like, I can't imagine like watching this child. I'd be like, are they okay? Why are they alone all this time? But I would stand out on the deck singing songs and making up my own dances, like looking like reflection of the glass to the door. I would just be making up dances and like singing songs for hours. I thought I was a pop star. And like, eventually my mom would open the door. I'd be like, I can't see anymore. You ruined the reflection. And she'd be like, it's time for dinner. And I'd be like, oh, that was my my whole childhood. I was just pretending like I thought for sure that I was going to grow up and be on a stage and I just wanted it. And it transformed, obviously that thought process. When I was like really a kid, I wanted to be like Katy Perry you know, and then I got older and I was like, no, I'm so much more unique. I want to be like, so indie. I'm not about all that pop stuff, you know, but I, I, I don't know. I always wanted to sing and that was evident to everyone around me. (laughs) I love it. And it's such a key moment that you mentioned. It's when you were a child and there's something I've been learning in the past year or so is that oftentimes when we're looking for that creativity, when we feel blocked or stuck or whatever you may be, uh, we've lost sight of our inner child because our inner (laughs) artist is our inner child. And when we're able to really connect back to that, that that childlike faith, that childlike wonderment, that's when we're really able to create from a space that's not saying, it has to be perfect. It has to sound this way. It has to look this way. We're purely making art because we love it. 
And I want to ask you, I, I love asking this question, totally. but mm -hmm. it, I'm, I'm sure I already know the answer, but I still want to want to ask you, it's what, what do you feel like makes you, what makes you feel alive? There's a million things that make me feel alive, you know, uh, about music, like in a music context, I would say the thing that makes me feel the most alive is is not the reaction of other people or anything like that. It's very much personal. It's like when I'm playing a song that I wrote, I go into the zone, you know, like the zone, like my eyes close. I'm in this space where it doesn't matter. Like I'm not thinking at all about how I'm coming off to other people. I'm only thinking, which is rare. Okay. Like yeah, oh, when we live in this, in this world where we're constantly thinking about sure. what other people think of us, the moment that I feel the most alive is when I'm in that zone because I, I nothing else registers. I'm in a song, you know, and that's all it is. And it's really like pure to me. So cool. So cool. <laughs> that. It's hard to, to, to reach that sometimes. Yeah. What, what scares you the most? I'm clearly <laughs> because like I said, my downfall is production and I can't make anything sound the way I wanted to. I'm a perfectionist. And so I think that what scares me the most is that I won't put out anything for the fear of it not being perfect. Like I will just be old or die and not have any of the stuff that I want Um to be able to be heard by the world because I was too afraid to uh, to just put it out, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Actually, yeah. you know what? I redact that answer. Oh. I redact that answer. Okay. I don't think that's a good answer. I would but say- I, I like it because it's, I feel like it's the most honest answer. Maybe it's somewhere between that and and just like not living up to my own potential, you know? Like, yeah, those are those are one in the same. It goes idea. hand in hand. Like mm -hmm. I believe that I am able to to achieve something great, and if it doesn't happen to my standards, I mean, my life just sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. I, I can't tell you how relatable that is <laughs> as a creative person. How we get paralyzed by perfection. But I, I want to ask you, what do you think is the fear beneath that fear? of not being the great person that you know, or not being the standard that you want to meet? Well, I don't know. That is the fear because of course, like surface level, I want to be like, oh, because it has something to do with what people think of me. And you know, like, but it's more like, I want to be remembered. I don't want my life to be useless i was born for a reason and this is my purpose and i feel that in my soul and if it doesn't come true like if it doesn't come to fruition then i mean was i supposed to be working on something else <laughs> or is my life just like thrown away like i had no good thing to come of it except except love i love people a lot so that's good you know in a way but you know what i'm trying to say it's like this is my thing if my thing doesn't work why why am i here you know i guess it's it's just like the it's the fear that your purpose 
is not really your purpose. This is this is gold. I don't I don't know if you realize, but but this is gold. Like we're 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 getting somewhere. For Are sure. we? I listen. Yes. I that's the scariest thing because I am fully fledged a Christian. I'm a Catholic, and I believe a lot in my faith. And and I really I don't. That's it for me. Like I really believe that if I feel this is my gift that God has given me this gift and um and like I need to make it happen like you know you he only gives you so much you have to do the rest and if I don't do it like am I a failure like did I fail I don't know oh <laughs> I want to start by encouraging you that you're already enough period and that's probably the hardest thing that we can grasp as creative people is that we're already enough and i can already tell just by your energy and how you, <laughs> you talk about what you're passionate about that that you're destined for great things but one thing that i've learned on my journey journey and i don't know how much of what you heard from me is i got to a point in my rap career where i felt like god was saying you know maybe it's time to do something else and this was what i lived for 10 years but honestly it's like you mentioned you start making music since yeah your whole life yeah yeah and i was in this space of are you serious god like you're gonna want me to give up like i always look at it like so chance the rapper is chance the rapper and i look at it like a red the rapper like what happens if you take away what you do and and i love the the, the thought of we're not human doings we're human beings and our identity and our hmm. creative identity isn't tied to what we do. And it sounds so counterintuitive because- It does, how is that possible? Yeah, because all we're ever told is you wake up and if you're not doing something creative, you, you wake up, you go to a job, when you have a conversation with someone and you make small talk, it's what do you do? It's never who you are, it's what do you do? And I've, ultimately learned the hard way that we we have to come from a place of already being enough because if we're believers in god which you you are and a lot of the people yeah. listening at home is is like god chose us jesus died for us yeah not not that we can <laughs> earn our way not that we can earn our way to perfection but the fact that we are already enough and that well yes you know what in a, in a biblical standpoint i agree with that 100 percent. you don't know how many times i tell people that you know some people come to me whether it's just because i'm i try to be a good friend or because they know that i also have like a little bit of like psychological training in my uh you know education field but um but people come to me sometimes and they ask me about um things and they want me to you know make them feel better and i try to tell them that you know i like because sometimes it's a it's an iffy touchy thing but I'll be like are you a christian <laughs> can i can i be christian with you for a moment yeah. you know god loves you right you know like you're perfect the way you are like he loves you you the way that you are right now or at your worst the more, like just as much as he loves the most powerful of and that is something that if you're a christian and you wrap your head around that you have to equate that to yourself and that's hard sometimes. Like I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, okay. 
I'm a musician and I can be like, oh, beautifully like dandy in my songwriting in my mind. But if it doesn't come out of my mouth and no one hears it, I don't make a difference, you know, and maybe I don't. And maybe that doesn't happen. But am I still worth it as a person? Does God love me? Yes. But I think in my head, I think he wants me to spread messages. So I don't know where the line is between like, like you said, human doer or human or, or human being. I don't know where the line is. I, I, think, I think it's both. And it's <laughs> crazy. And again, it goes back to me saying how counterintuitive it feels. But when we already come from that place, then what we create isn't in striving. It isn't in like, you know how it is when you've been around someone that is so desperate and so needy to achieve the yeah. thing that they're going after, which I totally, and that's totally fine. Like I'm all about being driven and passionate. I mean, I, I get it. If anyone, yeah, but I mean, that goes back to what we were saying before about like authenticity, because I've yeah. been told before that I look like I'm trying too hard Oof. and I'd be like, Ooh, that is like the worst thing that you could say to someone because yeah, I yeah. am trying hard. What do you want me to do? Like, what does the internet want from you? Because you are <laughs> trying hard. But I guess what you're saying is like, you have to, you do have to try a little bit less. And sometimes maybe that's where the gold comes from. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And I, it's not necessarily that it's a, it's a level of trying hard or not trying hard enough. I think it's the idea of, in our head, we want to be like we have this ideal, perfect masterpiece of a person that we want to be. Mm -hmm. And we're always grasping for that. But what if instead we flipped it and we're already that person? And if we can get into a, a mindset and a space of I'm already the person that I'm trying to chase after to be, how would that person act in this moment? That's interesting. And that's how I've been trying to to look at things. Cause I mean, we could, it's so important. Cause it's like that idea of what we think is what we speak and what we speak is what we live. And if we don't realize that, then we could essentially be thinking the worst about ourselves. Then in turns become saying the worst about ourselves. Then in, then in turn becomes living the worst. Oh my God. Wait, I think I have to break that down for a minute. Hold on. You just say it so nonchalant. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. We think. We think the worst <laughs> about ourselves. No, no, no. You said we speak what we think. Yeah. So we think what we speak and what we speak we think is we what speak. we live. Oh my gosh. Because so even, we, wow. Even from a scientific perspective, like there's this thing called neuroplasticity and mm -hmm. I mean, you, you probably heard of it to a degree and i mean i'm no expert by any means but but there's experts oh out yeah there. no and, i and, the, and they've mentioned the fact that literally from from a biological standpoint if we choose to focus in our attention we can change our thinking powder our patterns because our our mind and our brain Absolutely. are two different things. And that's really yeah. hard to grasp. But yeah. when our mind tells our brain what to think, <laughs> then that tells our body what to do. Well, it's like, I mean, manifesting and stuff too. Yeah. Like yeah. Say, oh, people, you speech. could, yeah, whatever. But you could say like, if you tell yourself like those affirmation type things, yeah. it's kind of like speaking great things into existence. Like, sure. 
and don't I feel like there's a level of truth to that that's even backed biblically but again we're not we're not here to please bring, <laughs> yeah, too much bring, smoke. bring that back we're not here to bring too much smoke to people but but yeah and 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 i love yeah i really want to hone in on that thought because like you said really breaking that down so we we think what we think is what we say and what we say is what we live and i mean in in the the bible i think it's proverbs proverbs and okay. it says as the man thinks or as the person thinks so is he and like i think therefore i am yeah exactly and oh it's it's so crucial for us to wrap around that idea and it goes back to this this sense of identity because ultimately we are striving and striding and trying to figure out who are we eternally for forever yeah forever. <laughs> yeah well the thing is that uh change is the only constant that's that's one of those hard life lessons as a human that we have to grasp at is that um, the only thing that we know for certain is that things are going to change. And if we know who we are right now, we aren't going to be that person forever. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Man, just let that marinate for a minute. Yeah. I mean, are you the same person that you were last year? I would hope not. <laughs> I would <laughs> right? hope that we're always growing and evolving. I know for some that's a that's a sticky word, but essentially we're we're growing into our our best self. Yes, we're uh you know, as much as we can be trying to cut out the bad stuff and get better at the good stuff, although that's a slippery slope too. Everything's a slippery slope. And then they're like, "Oh, don't be in like a constant state of self-improving because then you'll be like driving yourself crazy and yeah. blah, 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 blah. positive because there's toxic like who said life was easy yeah <laughs> like come on come on all right so if you could go back five years what uh -huh. is the five one? years five years that's that's okay. far so how, how old are you 22 22 so five years i'm bad at math but is that 17 i think so so, yeah, I think so. <laughs> back, back to 17-year-old Brooke. Okay. It was a fun the, year. The one bit of advice you would give yourself. You know why that's so hard? Because I'm such a firm believer in like no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Um, you just live your life and that's why we're here. Like if I would go back and give myself advice then I probably wouldn't be exactly where I am right now. And I'm pretty happy with that. So. I love that. Okay. Oh, if, you weren't, if you weren't talking to 17 year old Brooke, but you were talking to 17 year old, whoever. Somebody else. Jennifer. Whoever okay. Yeah. Okay. And, or, or. No, no, no. It's okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to no, answer. No, the no but I also, I, but I, I, I love that perspective as well. Cause I, I would agree when it comes to your personal life is that there's really no sense of regrets because in your journey it's going to shape you into the person that you are but yes please if you were to give someone watching sure home, a younger person or i'll put it this way okay say that <laughs> you you were you go to the coffee shop today and someone runs into you 
and they're like, I love your music. It's changing my life. It's amazing. What is one one tip you or piece of advice you could give me? Okay. Well, first of all, if that ever happens, that will be the best day of my life. Has yet to happen. Not if. Yes. If somebody was to tell me that my music is has changed their life in a way, I would be over the moon. I would love that. But um oh God, that's like I would probably tell them if um why would I tell this young person who loves my music? to do with their I mean is this like if they want to do music too type of thing or just like a yeah. just a, okay literally let's say it's someone they want to be like do what, what yeah. I do they will basically want to be like you okay okay my a hundred percent my biggest advice to somebody who was in the position I was years ago and could have done something different it would be you need a team you need a group you need to Maybe join like you need people around you that are doing what you're doing or want to be doing what you want to be doing. You need to learn together and grow together because being in this, um, I would say this creative island that you make for yourself, um, it is not full. <laughs> it's not. And I think that I was maybe at a place where I could have created this atmosphere around me of of growth and and been in this kind of... Um, creative circle of sorts I strayed away from that because when I was younger I didn't want to be bothered and I was honestly too focused on like relationships and whatever else 17 year olds want to just like mess around and do bullshit I if if I was more serious about where I thought this was going to end up I would have started laying the groundwork yes I think networking is one of the most important things you can do and Come on. Uh, I think it is. I, I don't have much of a network. I'm still working on it so much. And I think it was so late in the game where I was around all these people who were musicians. We didn't end up like doing a lot together. And then I ended up going to college and falling off from that whole community into a whole different community where I could not find people who wanted to do what I was doing, which is, it seems so strange. I was in college doing music classes, you know? I didn't end up working my way into the right circles. I, I was doing it alone. I would say go back in time and, and make a team for yourself because you'll go farther with other people's help. You need to ask for help. <laughs> it's true. Come on. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with the team. Build a That's team. good. That's build, good. Build a community. Build yeah. a team. That's yeah. So, so important. And to share a little bit about kind of like what I do and the, even the reason I restarted this podcast and started talking to people was really built on that networking, bringing people, creative people, yeah. creative people. And that's why I, I asked for all your socials and ways to contact you because we're going to put that in the show notes. So people can thank you. Connect. I appreciate that. If I mean, you're out yeah. there and you're like, yeah, there's a lot of like minded individuals. I don't know why it's it's surprisingly hard to find each other or to make lasting connections because sometimes I, I fall. But then I don't know. They just like fall off. We just fall off. I'm I'm very serious. And it seems like about what I about what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And it seems like I meet a lot of people who are either much farther ahead than me and it kind of doesn't benefit them to work with me or they're much 
farther back and less serious. So they're so it's like you're pushing them to want to be doing something with you. And that also doesn't work. So to find people that are really at the same sort of, or generally speaking, the same level and the same amount of energy and effort that they want to put in is is surprisingly difficult, I would say. So for sure. And that's actually one thing that I'm I'm really excited because I I have an idea. It's okay. especially I'm like wanting to build it in the next coming year. But I have a friend of mine that develops apps and basically I've started loosely, very early stages of building some kind of app where it's something like that. Where like, yeah, TikTok is amazing, yeah, social medias are amazing. But what if there was a way that creative people could really connect, like you said, all those things that you're looking for. Yeah and building that community of creatives. So as something I'm working on, it would also include- Well, that sounds my own, awesome. <laughs> my own services, because for those that don't know, um, I hate the term coach because it's just what it is, life coach. Own up, own up to your coaches. But, but I coach, coach awesome. and consult, and I, I would say it like this. I love the way it put trusted advisor because I have experienced both as an artist and a creative, but also in the mindset space, but also in the creative space of like videoing and branding for that. And I'm at a space where Absolutely. I want to share that knowledge, but also have a make a safe place for people to be heard and seen and build connections with others. So that's why I'm really excited about the app that I'm building. And um, yeah, if that sounds when, incredible, when it's launched, I'll definitely let you know and everyone listening at home about yeah. it. I'm excited to, to launch it because it would be that it would be like a space like almost like discord but to a more more focused space where you could be like, hey, I'm looking for a graphic designer. And there'd be like all these graphic designers and they can make that connection. Yeah. Building that, that's what I'm really- That's awesome. About. You don't, like, I think sometimes I think about what I'm doing and I look at all the things that I have to show for. And I think, I think that I haven't done much yet or something, you know? But when I really think about how far I've come, that- goes to show why what you're saying that service is needed i can think about some kid who's just starting all of this who doesn't know anything about how things work and they really need like they want to spend the next five years figuring out like minor details just so that they can get to the point where they're finally like making things they want or can they get that faster can we readily like give the information to people who need it and and, and let them grow more uh exponentially i would say i mean it's kind of like you know what I mean? like come on rocket let's shoot up here and yeah. oh, man and that's the thing too and that's why i feel like there's such a need for it because when you get onto a TikTok, when you get onto an instagram yeah you've got algorithms that are learning you but they're still throwing you an advertisement or yeah they're throwing you the random viral video and it's a distraction but what if you had that space where it was very focused? It was focused in on what you're going after. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, it's easy to get yeah. sidetracked. Yeah, and it's that so. ability. It's that when you're seeing other people's close to you winning at areas that you want to do, it wants you. It, it makes you want to go further. Yes, I would. Have you ever heard the analogy of it's something like, um, you know, you put an orange in a bowl of oranges with mold on it like the orange is going to grow mold also. I don't know. That. 
something like that something like that but it really is like who you surround yourself with or you know well in this day and age like what videos you're watching and stuff like that but it really is that's the product that you're gonna get like if you want to be better like who's better than you yeah start working doing what they do look up to them like don't be stagnant total immersion because when yes. you find the area or the field that you want to be in and you want to create that exponential results, then you have to find someone to model after. If <laughs> these younger kids are at a time where they're the most able to create, like, I remember when I was a teenager, like, I remember being a teenager and people saying like, oh, you write songs, like, make sure you write them now because one day you're going to be old and you're not going to have anything to write about or something. And of course, there's there's falseness to yeah. that. but. For sure. But some of that is true. And I would say I was going through like the most angsty like moments of my young life. And those would have made hits. But if I didn't know how to produce them, if I did, we would be at a different point. If kids now can be going through these like milestones of life and they're they're still sung and raw like in their in their mind and like what they're how they're analyzing things and how they don't know everything yet because their brain is growing like writing and creating things in that time of your life is so important and it's really what a lot of people love and relate to the most it's like young mind fresh mind if they have that opportunity to make it like like what's the song the the driver's license song that's what i was yes <laughs> like, olivia exactly. rodrigo yes. stuff yes. yes like that's what because there's just such valuable my my son is going in in the back love it <laughs> he's like <laughs> yes yes he's like that's hey, it man. that's right he gets he it. wants to know he's like yeah. i got all of this information I gotta get it out give me the app <laughs> <laughs> i love that man man that is that is so good though people listening at home i'm so glad that you got to be a fly on the wall for this conversation and i'm so glad (laughs) we're we're connected and i'm excited for for what what the future holds for for your career for just this connection me too for your career i'm very i mean listen everybody has to help each other out like we're in this together and we need each other. Like yeah. we're human. We're social people and Seriously. we need to help each other. Seriously. First and foremost. I'd like to kind of flip it at this point and ask you, is there any questions you want to ask me? Questions? I'm... Yeah, sure. I have a great one. What do you think is one of the most important points that came about on one of your podcast sessions with someone? Oh, there's been so many good ones. I, I like the real stinger. I like the fact that there's been kind of a reoccurring theme. A few times it's been community. A few times it's been confidence, which we learned you don't need confidence. You need courage. That's another huge one. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, man, I would. So, man, that's a great question. You, you've stumped me because <laughs> I, I would say I'm just so time, curious. Every time I have a conversation, I. I get more excited because the more people that I get to in- interview and get to know, I'll say this, our conversation's been great. I-, I feel like there's been a lot of great points and I'm not just saying that because you're in front of me at the moment. <laughs> but, it's okay, lie. You can lie. No, 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 no lies here, all truth. This one came from 
I actually did a live coaching call with a, a client of mine. I was like, hey, man, mm-hmm. let's catch up. And he's a he signed to a indie label in Nashville. Singer, awesome. songwriter, country guy, great country voice, great, great storytelling. You got to put his uh, information up. Oh, here. yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'll link the video where I was with him. His name's David McGee. Super, super cool guy. He he's like, I think, a lawyer or an attorney or something. So, like, that's what he started to do. But he really had this passion <laughs> for being a songwriter, a singer songwriter in Nashville. So he's pursuing that super great. And we, we awesome. had such a great conversation, but two things came out of that conversation. And it was this idea of, I wanted to encourage him to slow down because it's so easy as creatives, as high performing people that want to get to the next thing that in order to speed up, we need to slow down. Because I totally agree. It's so important because we get so focused on the next thing that if we don't stop, celebrate the fact that we actually did something great and it's worth celebrating. Uh-huh. Then we can yeah. move on. But take yeah. a moment. Breathe. Be in the present. And that was a big point from there. But also, uh, and we did a little bit kind of a similar thing today talking to you about what would happen if you weren't what you felt like you were supposed to be like the the doing like what would happen if tomorrow you couldn't sing and write songs what's at the heart of that what's the impact you want to make behind that and for him it was that story telling that story whether it's his own story or the stories of the people that he comes in contact with or ones that he even makes up that have yeah. an impact on other people's lives. So it would probably have to be those two things from that one. But I, mean, I love that question. I love that. No, what you said, oh my God. Um, what you said about the celebrating really does hit home for me. Uh, I, my biggest show that I've done yet um, has been at the bitter end in Manhattan. It was a great night. It was amazing. And for me, that was a big deal. You know, I'm really, I'm really just starting. And for me to get something like that, this, this, this place is, is a big deal. Like historically it's a big deal. And for me, a mega big deal. Like so many of my inspirations have played on this stage. And for me to do that, I felt so important. And everyone I loved was there everyone that I pretty much knew came I had so much support right but I was going like growing 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 with my like I was doing so well with my reels and all this stuff and when this moment came I could barely enjoy it I was it was over before I knew it and I was going home and how did I feel for the next like two weeks I felt like shit because I wanted to keep going up I wanted to keep growing I was like what now all of a sudden I'm, there's nothing on my calendar. There's nothing planned. I'm at this point where I feel like plateauing isn't even the right word. I was going down downhill in terms of growth and uh, productivity. And it's because like you said, we're always focused on the next thing. I should have just relaxed, you know, that's the truth. Sometimes you have to relax to even make good content, to make anything. You have to enjoy it for yourself first. That's like number one lesson, right? You have to enjoy it. So you know what? Going back to this whole, the whole thing we talked about where I was saying, you know, about living up to my potential and all this stuff, right? 
it does have to come at least a little bit from a place of like wanting to spread it with others because being good enough you can't not feel like you are good enough if you enjoy what you're doing yourself and it has nothing to do with giving it to other people or, or sharing it with them because I could sit here and play my guitar and you're right like I'm good enough like I'm happy with that and if I die and that's all I've ever done is play guitar in my room with myself you know what I probably would be happy in a way because th that is like like you asked me like that's when I feel the most alive so to just those moments is really important because what if nothing like so dramatic happens after that like are we does that not count anymore does it not count that we just achieved something great just because the next step that we're about to take isn't also achieving something great i have two more questions for you ask away the first question wait wait i need more ginger ale yes more <laughs> ginger ale <laughs> all right the first question i want to circle back so you mentioned okay that one of your biggest practical struggles of your creativity is production. Why do you feel like it has to be more than what it already is? Well, as a visionary like myself, yeah, uh, I know or how something should sound. I mean, I listen to music um, and it touches my soul. My, the people that I look up to, the way that they, I hear those songs it just hits me like it's so beautiful. And when I create something myself and I have, and I'm like, like we talked about, I mean, I'm not able to put a hundred percent of myself into that performative or creative part of it when I'm also the hat of like editing it and making it technically appropriate for what it's supposed to be. I don't feel like it hits. I just don't feel like it hits. I hear all the flaws. I hear the pops and I hear the um the gain being at the wrong level at the wrong time and i hear that oh that part that i cut it and i looped it a little bit in the background i hear like a skip like i can't make it perfect in from like a listening standpoint and so so it just sits in my hard drive and the the i have two songs out right now i i had released other songs in the past but i deleted them off of everything pretty much but uh, I have two songs out right now. One song I had created with a beat that I leased from someone from YouTube that I've met. Um, and I made all the vocals, wrote it, and and mixed it in kind of to the beat myself and all that. But, but it was pre-made, you know, because I had faith in that. I listened to it and I thought, okay, this sounds good. I'm rolling with it. Like, I'm just going to make something quick. And that's what I came up with. Like, is that my most raw form of songwriting? Absolutely not. But I wanted to put something out there for once. So I said, let me forget about my 900 other songs and just make something really quick. So that was one song I made. The second song I did, I was, I love it. I love it. Also, I am selling myself short with all the things that I have out there right now, even though I like the way they sound, because I chose what I thought to be my most simple song and I took that and went to producer that I have a mutual connection with in a studio up in Queens um we worked on that and I was freely able to be just my creative self and he like did all the heavy lifting with that project and it came out great and I loved it but um we have a lot of scheduling issues otherwise I would be in there every single day making every one of my songs with this guy who does not have time for that you know what I mean so 
it's like at the end of the day when I have to do it myself because I can't find the right resources or or some other people that are could do the same job that I'm thinking, obviously within my limited budget. <laughs> I, I'm just not happy with my own work. I want to I, I want to interrupt you there, though. There's a few things. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. No, no, you're good. you're good. <laughs> I just want to I, I want to pull out a few things from what you sure. said. Okay, so a big thing is you've already mentioned this perfectionism that that yeah. can cripple and paralyze us. One thing that I wanna I wanna use a metaphor for you. Okay, so in our head when we have a song idea, we yes. see like the Sixteenth Chapel, we see <laughs> the Mona Lisa, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we see perfection. We hear the the most amazing, never made Grammy winning songs, right? And even, yes. even when it's out, like when it's out, the the people that hear it don't see or hear what was in our head. And for what's out is on that level, if not more, than it once it's out. And it's that the emotion and the story and the you that you bring to it, that's what's going to bring it alive. And it goes back to that, and I'm not saying <laughs> do shoddy work. Like, <laughs> no, no, put of out, course not. Put out nonsense. I'm all about excellence and, you know, bringing our, our creative best. Yes. But we also can't let that cripple us and we can't let that paralyze us. So I, I really want to encourage you to don't be afraid to put it out. To just drop something. Yeah, just drop <laughs> it. And it's, uh, there's a book, it's called Real Artists Don't Starve by Jeff Goins, I think great book highly recommend it to anybody that's an artist that's trying to make a, a creative career out of your art and one of his his chapters is called practice in public because if there's no audience for our work then who are we truly impacting because it goes back to what you said it goes mm -hmm. back to that idea of yeah we're happy making music for ourselves but what is the ultimate goal? Are we really wanting to impact people and to have those people come up and be like, my life was changed because of yes, that is the goal. Like that's the goal. The I like the goal. Like to essentially, you've heard people say like your song saved my life, literally. Yeah. And like, who's like, what if the songs that are sitting on your hard drive are the songs that could do that for someone? And yeah, and and that's that's weight to carry. But I love the way that that it was put. It was like someone's miracle is on the other side of our obedience. And what if our obedience is putting out the song that we see the flaws in? That's wow. That's food for thought for sure. You're saying that the things that I think sound like oh, all I hear are the flaws like those flaws could be the thing that someone hears and thinks, wow, like, I don't know. Like it, it almost hits harder because they hear that we're human too or something. Yeah. I'll say it this way. There's a, there's a vocal coach. I think his name's Steve Mackey. And he talks about how like you can't fabricate going through something. And it's that idea. Like when you hear those voices and they're like, they went through something like you can really <laughs> hear the pain in their voice yes and they crack they're not yeah. perfectly in pitch yeah and we've gotten so like polished and like 
groomed to think that it has to be perfect, that it has to be auto-tuned to the perfect pitch and all well, that. Well, when I, I mean, yes, I, I can't agree with what you're saying anymore because in my, that's kind of the vibe that all of my, my songs are. They're very unpolished and they sound like I'm just like screaming half the time and they're mostly sad. <laughs> they're mostly like sad or angry and very like, yearning and like bittersweet when I and I play them live I'm always like cracking and I have like a grit to my voice and when I sit down and try to produce them that is where like most of the the issues come from because um theoretically I want in my head for my songs to almost sound kind of like Bruce Springsteen-esque like you know you hear the flaws but I can't be okay with making something knowing that I hear all the flaws because they like mess up in a good way I feel like I mess up in a bad way I don't know. When we're so used to this polished sound, it's very hard to polish something that has that texture to it, the characteristics of like the grittiness and all that stuff. Like it's much easier, like I'm saying with these lo-fi songs, like I'm singing like single notes so that I can like make them sound more clean and do all this editing because it's easier. I can't edit my voice when I'm screaming. It's not like one pitch. You can't just like fix it a little or make it sound all like smooth. You can't really do that. Or at least I don't know how. I go back to embrace, embrace the imperfections. Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's why you're the coach. Um... <laughs> because I'm sure they sound amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure that, that it's those cracks that put the character and build the story of what you're trying to t say. Well, I think after this, I'm going to have to make a, a like raw cut video and just uh, put it out and see how that does. Yeah. Also, another encouragement is don't. Yes, please encourage me. Oh, my God. Don't allow. Because that takes bravery. No lie. It takes bravery to put out something no that, that you feel is so raw and so real and so personal so to put it out yeah there's going to be trolls at whatever you do yeah there might not be a ton of views but it only takes one person like if if that's uh, true that's another thing that I, I i circle back to in another conversation i had was are you writing for the masses or are you writing for the one because it's when you write for the one that you reach the masses. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I wish I could write that on my wall. <laughs> hey, that's a really be, good thing to think about. Recorded and posted, so it's something. Yeah, to I'm gonna I'm gonna save this part. <laughs> I sure. I really love that. No, that actually that actually like means a lot in what I'm doing. I I should I need to focus on that more because we're playing this game like when you make content we're playing this game I want I I need people to see it for me to get followers but if I'm making it with the intention of getting people to see it it's not going to be as beautiful and it won't connect to as many people and then it's like why do I need followers to follow me so that I can make uh, like not my truest stuff you know be your truest self and you'll find your truest fans <laughs> I don't know that one. The yellow brick road. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I, I wanna, I wanna pause and wrap up for today. Yes. But before we do that, I actually have more than one question left. <laughs> oh my god! I have two. You I have tricked two. me. I'm sorry. As as our conversation goes, I get more 
more questions I have to ask it's and, good. I, and it's I want good. to keep going. We need but, the mo we need all the material to work with here. Yes, yes. I I'll probably leave quite a bit of this in actually because <laughs> I think there's a lot of gold. If I say anything stupid, cut it out. Okay. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> We're being raw. So funny. I love it. <laughs> okay, but yeah. no, but I want to pause here and I want to ask you what's been the biggest insight, the biggest aha moment that you've gotten from our conversation today? From our conversation today? <laughs> uh of course, I, I talk in circles because half of the stuff like I'm saying and then contradicting myself in the next moment. But, um, probably, I would say what you said about like we're, we're human beings the most. And when we stop and we celebrate our achievements and we learn to take breaks and realize that we are human, like that's really important. We can't overlook that we don't have to be doing something every second. So... I think that's like one of my biggest takeaways. I really need to take that advice. So, you know? yeah, I mean, no, I really like what we literally just talked about one second ago. Yeah, but, so, um, so much gold in this short yeah. time together. All right, final question. Okay, here it is. You're, Drum roll. You're 95 years old or more. Okay. Because I, I, I like to believe and speak over myself. I'm going to live to at least 120. Because yeah, that's a good number. There's a lot of life. I'd be happy life. with that number. Right? And not just living like on a hospital bed, but like living. And because I believe that we're always- Like your bungee, like yeah. 119th exactly. birthday, like bungee jumping. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, so you're at the end of your life and like it's the very end. What is, what do you want to be remembered for? What is the impact that you want to lead, leave most on this earth? That is the hardest question. <laughs> it's okay. Take your time. It's meant to be challenging. Oh my God. That is so hard. You know what the, something really personal about that is when you say that my first thought is like this idealized thought of like being on your deathbed and you have like your kids and your grandkids like surrounding you. And then I think in my head, that's not what I want though. Is it? Because my whole life I have grown up fully believing that I don't want to have kids and so when you say things like that I think huh am I going to be like lonely when I'm 95 because that sucks um but I'll have like whatever my soulmate person there with me I guess hopefully um but no I mean at the end of the day even I I I think of it that's the trade-off, right? Like in my mind, I think of it and I hope I don't say this in like a blasphemous way, but you know how like you think about, <laughs> we're bringing it back to Jesus always, uh, always. but Jesus, um, he didn't have a wife and like, this is why we see this in priests and all that and all that good stuff. Um, because the people are your life like the people are that's your that's your church that's what you've that's giving to the world right and in my own way I've always felt like I wanted to obviously I look up to Jesus obviously I want to do that for me I don't I don't feel like I don't I don't feel like I want I mean I don't want to not get married I guess or something but what I think that when you have kids it's um 
it becomes your 100% focus, you know, and it and it should. But I mean, not 100%, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, um, I want to give music and I want to give message through music. And so when I think about when I'm 95 years old and the thought comes to me like, oh my God, am I going to regret like not having kids? Because that's, is that the meaning of like spreading your love? Like for me, that's not what I want. I want to be remembered. I just, I just want people to connect. Like I want to bring feeling to people. That is my goal. Like when I'm up on stage and I have a chance to look and see somebody who's actually listening to what I'm saying with my words and they feel something like every once in a while, somebody is like tearing a little bit and I'm like, oh my God, done it. Like, this is it. This is the gold. They're feeling something. That's all I want. I want like proof. I want to, I want proof that people have felt something and in that connection that it it, it meant something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if all it is, is to know that there has been moments of connection and people um, like, that's pretty good. And I guess I've already achieved that. So wow. it's that idea for you. It's like, you want to connect to the people. And I do. I mean, like if I could tell everyone that's ever influenced me through music that they influenced me, I would, I would be so happy if I could tell Simon and Garfunkel that like, when I feel really like emotional, I put on like, like bridge over trouble water and like sound of silence. And I just like fall asleep to it. Like if I could tell them that, I bet that would mean something to them. I mean, even though probably a billion people feel that way, you know what I mean? If, if I was to know that, that, that I could do that for someone, that I was their like comfort thing, the word, not me personally, like my, the, but the words that I'm able to convey and obviously the production of it, which is really difficult, but yeah. <laughs> if whatever the, the creation, the full product of this thing changed like someone in some way, like is their go-to thing, like it, even if it's sad, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to know. I guess I just want to know. I'm nosy. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's a great, that's a great place to be, because. Yeah. But by doing it and wanting it for the masses, you still, do it for the one, because it's even like you said when you're yes. performing. Yes. It's still for the one person, and I think that's Listen, the wildest thing. Counter question for you. Yeah. What's up? You ever think? about some of the artists out there who only really became like widely known or have attention after they died and think about what their life must have felt like not knowing if anyone cared because I think about that. I'm thinking of I mean I can't think of anyone off the top of my head I don't know like maybe like painters I would say a lot of painters right yeah. they're they don't know what their art meant to a lot of people or even like the people that trailblaze, like the Beethovens, the the people that yeah. started it. Yes, you're. I mean, yes, exactly. They don't know like all that has transformed. So that's crazy. So in a way, it's almost like you're asking me how I would feel at ninety five. Like, what do I want to know? It's like, what if I know? Like, 
what if I don't know? I mean, I still want it to happen. Whether or not I know it or not, I want it to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, I, I asked this wanting to end it, but now you got me wanting to dive deeper into this. It's that idea of like, oh, what if, and it goes back to this idea when it comes to our faith, always going back to God, is it's that God is using us, well not using us, but partnering with us, because I don't like the word use because it sounds so wrong in many ways, but God is partnering was, with us like we're essentially like the vessel that he used yes to. yes he, i was just gonna say that sorry if you could hear my cat violently cat. meowing right now that's great i love that i have two cats myself but yes so we I are can. the yes if we're yeah. the vessel and mm -hmm. essentially like yeah we might not know the impact that we have this side of eternity and we might not know this impact for this generation but it i'm still thinking back to like oh that's so good the artist like the the painters the picassos the the beethovens the all those people that they created yes you see why it's literally like a it's a double-edged sword here because we're saying like do it for the one like do what you're doing for but then it's also like okay but what if you net what if it does impact the one but the one you never know then it's are you doing it for yourself because you really are just doing it for yourself like there there isn't ever going to be a straight answer of like are we creating art for other people or is it really for ourselves because like you said it's both we and might never know how it impacts people in some weird and i mean you never will, know but. if the one that you impact is the one that actually goes on to do the great things yes that's true. Like, this like is like, the these are the, these are the questions. You. Yeah. Like the one that want the person that wants to be you, young you, they go yes. on to surpass anything that you've done. Not saying yeah. that, that will be the case, but just have no, but thinking and it's, but like, it yeah. was your music that inspired that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, exactly. The, That's just crazy to think about. Crazy to think about, man, what a place to be and what a place I think to stop. Yes. Is that's yes. I, I love to leave the people thinking because my whole goal, even as a coach, as a trusted advisor, as whatever those things are, my yeah. goal isn't to tell people what to think, but to show them how to think. We're leaving the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Man, so good, Brooke. So good. If Yes, I agree. We'll wrap up here and I'll link all your. Yeah, your this things. was like super long. I'm sorry that we were just. Oh, no, it's all good. It wasn't <laughs> that long. I think we're barely over an hour, maybe a little okay. more. I don't know. We started, we started early. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited for this one. This one's going to be a top one. I feel like, and even if it's not, it's going to reach. Well, somewhere. there's definitely a couple points that, um, I hope, I guess we'll never know, but I hope will impact someone. So, oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm Fingers sure we're going to be very impacted. By all of this well with that well i thank you for having me on here it's been really good talking to you and getting to know you and this was a lot of fun so much fun so much fun all and right. i'm gonna I, take your advice and make something yes because yes, honestly that's my goal here and yes. i'll wrap up and stop the recording and then we can talk a few seconds and then really sign off but okay i'll sign off here i always like to say close it out this way to my people listening at home I love you, friend. I'm praying for you. Now let's go live better than best as we conquer this week. Yes. Amen. <laughs>